Hello and welcome to the Global Marketing Calendar, growing your business in a digital world. I'm your host, Abiel Breen, and this podcast is brought to you by Oban International, the digital marketing agency specializing in international expansion. In each episode, we'll look at an upcoming event from around the world, we'll find out how the event is celebrated and talk about its cultural significance, and we'll also discuss how your business can use these insights to create compelling global marketing campaigns. At the end of each episode, I'll be joined by fellow OBAN member Az Ahmed for our Lost in Localization segment, where we'll be discussing an untranslatable word. Today, we're talking about White Day, Japan's follow-up to Valentine's Day. And with me to discuss White Day is our OBAN CEO, Sarah Jennings. Hello, Sarah. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Aviel. It's very nice to see you again. Wonderful. So today, we're talking about White Day. And this is quite an interesting one because I think that not many people uh, have have even heard of it and and certainly um, not entirely sure how it's celebrated. So give us a little bit of a rundown. How, you know, what is White Day and and how is it celebrated in Japan? So um, White Day is on the 14th of March, uh, celebrated each year. And it is an event really that was created um, from a marketing initiative that started back in the 1970s. Uh, It happens one month after Valentine's Day. So it's celebrated in Japan. It has actually, and that's where it originated, but it has spread out into China, Taiwan, South Korea, although they have their own customs. Um, So in Japan, the really romantic night of the year is Christmas Eve. Um, That's when couples go out for dinner and that's the big kind of romantic occasion. Um, Valentine's Day is um, a broader audience, so it might be where gifts are given to not only people you love, but also maybe some colleagues, maybe your family, maybe your friends. Um, And Valentine's Day, quite traditionally in Japan, is often women giving gifts, small gifts to men um, as tokens of their affection. Um, And um, a small confectionery shop, one rumour would have it, or a big conglomerate of confectionery advertisers, as another rumour would have it, got together back in the 1970s uh, and in order to push confectionery sales, decided to launch White Day, which was an opportunity for men to reciprocate with a gift back to the women who'd gifted them on Valentine's Day. Am I right in thinking it was originally called Marshmallow Day, uh, but then it was kind of changed to make it a little bit more open? Or is that is that just a, a myth? Um, apparently it was called Marshmallow Day to start with. Um, and that's because um, the person that came up with the idea, that was the main sweet sold from his shop. Um, and um, they decided because marshmallows were sort of white and plump and fluffy, it would give them an opportunity to include more gifts and more types of sweets if they broadened it out and called it White Day. So the name was changed slightly, although for years marshmallows were one of the key gifts of white day um but i understand more recently marshmallows have started to be seen as quite a cheap gift that you've not put much effort into so people are not very impressed now if they get a box of marshmallows so it's almost a a cop out of uh you know the lazy option i'll just get them some marshmallows i don't really care about you that much (laughs) (laughs) exactly and uh, in japan of course gift giving is a huge part of the culture um, so when somebody gives you a gift, you spend a lot of time you know, looking at it and making a comment about it. And it is expected that you would reciprocate uh, with a gift to somebody who's gifted something to you. Um, one of the 
unusual things about white day is there's an unspoken rule which is that you're supposed to give a gift back uh, to the person who gave you a gift at valentine's day that is you know two or three times as valuable as the gift you were given if you give something back that was the same value that has a kind of hidden message to it which is i'm not very interested in you if it was a romantic uh, message and if it was um, just a gift from somebody else then it, it just looks quite rude that you haven't given the gift back you know plus some um, and that has been one of the challenges really has been that there's this step up of I give you something, you have to spend a lot more to give something back to me, um, which you know is a, a tradition that is maybe starting to be challenged a bit. So you say that it's not always in a in a romantic uh, context with you know giving gifts for White Day, but when it is uh, romantic or, or in a romantic setting, how does it work? Is there is there some kind of custom uh, in terms of uh, what you give, or you know how, how does that? So traditionally, if you really like somebody, you send them some chocolates on Valentine's Day and then you wait with bated breath for a whole month to see if they reciprocate. And apparently a gentle way of letting somebody down is either to send them some marshmallows or to send them a gift which was um, clearly of the same value than, than you gave to them. But if you really like someone back, then you can send them you know, a special thoughtful gift on White Day. Um, and that's a way of letting them know that you're also interested in them. I, I imagine that even if you want to reject someone, you still want to, you know, you feel the need to have to buy them a bag of marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> so for a very popular man, or a very popular person has to reject dozens of people. <laughs> and you say that the when men are returning the gifts on, on White Day, um, there's a, a custom that it should be, you know, at least three or four times more expensive or, you know, three or four times the value of the gift that they received. How does that translate into actual cost? You know, what what's the normal, um, you know, if, if there is a normal kind of price range for the gifts that they receive originally and then those that they, that they, they give back in return? So, so the original gift is quite often a, a fairly low cost, um, you know, item of confectionery. Um, so probably not costing much more than, you know, a pound or two. So, so a typical gift um, as a token of affection back is probably somewhere between five and fifteen pounds. Um, but there are increasingly quite a lot of high ticket items, especially if you're sending it back to you know, your partner. Um, that would go a lot higher than that. And you quite often see on Instagram people taking photos of themselves queuing up to buy jewellery or flowers or you know, queuing up for um, tickets to some event because the, the social media sharing of the purchasing and the gifting and the receiving is all part of uh, the experience that that people kind of want to share. Well, yeah, I can imagine that the social media aspect of it is almost a an added bonus gift. Like, here I'm I'm spending this this money on you, and also I'm proving I'm shouting from the rooftops, proving to the world how much you mean to me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how romantic. <laughs> I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that its popularity has has been declining slightly. Whether that's a, a cause of the the pressures and the 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 mere cost of it, I imagine, for, for men who are supposed to be buying gifts for, you know, every, everyone, every woman in the office, their girlfriend, their mum, their sister, um, that can add up, you know. So what do you think about the 
the, the kind of gradual decline in popularity over the years? There's quite a few thoughts about why that might be. I mean, first of all, it is so closely linked to Valentine's Day that if Valentine's Day declines or sees a decline, then naturally White Day does too because the two events are so interlinked. Uh, there's been a decline in personal disposable income among younger Japanese people, and so they've been put under pressure. And as you quite rightly say, the, the pressure to be giving a huge range of gifts with high value back um, is something that younger people have pushed against um, and have kind of encouraged people to give less gifts. Uh, lots of companies have asked their staff not to do um, the gifting because they feel it puts their young members of staff under a lot of pressure. So some companies won't allow you to do uh, the gifting for colleagues. Um, and that obviously has caused some reduction, although something that is quite popular is for everybody to club together and buy one gift for, so all the men will club together and buy one gift for people in the office, um, which has made, in some places, that's seen as more acceptable than all the individual gifting. Um and then I think there's also some pushback on the cultural norms. If, if you think back to the fact this was started in the 70s when there were very traditional gender roles at play, with the girls giving the gifts to the men at Valentine's, quite often men were in better paid jobs. It was expected that they would spend more to reciprocate. Um, now, obviously, there's a push to a more even balance between the gender roles. A lot of younger Japanese people don't particularly like the fact that it's traditionally um, got a presumption of heterosexuality of women at Valentine's and men elsewhere. Mm. Um, and quite a lot of um, gay couples have actually picked up on this for White Day as well and have turned, you know, they've, they've split between the pair of them, which event one person's going to gift and which one's going to reciprocate. Mm. Um, or um, gay men are gifting on White Day, gay women are gifting on Valentine's Day. So there's a, a kind of push back to those old kind of cultures and traditions in order to try um, and uh, bring a bit more inclusivity into the into the day. Mm. Um, so it has been in decline and only about 60% of Japanese people now participate in White Day in any um, form. Um, and yeah, probably a smaller proportion of that actually go for gifting. But given the size of the Japanese population, that is still a significant uh, opportunity. I mean, the Japanese population is twice that of the UK. So even if only a third of people are gifting something, that is still many millions of people. That's really interesting. The the note on you know the presumption of heterosexuality and and how certain gay couples are kind of taking back the day and 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 tweaking it for themselves in a way. Um, with that in mind, and and also with with the decline uh, in mind, how can retailers and and advertisers um, come across slightly differently on this day that is that is becoming as you say a, a bit of a kind of uh, that has a bit of a backlash against it nowadays so the kinds of things that um, people have done is they've thought about broadening out the types of gifts that you might give on white day so it's broadened out from being traditionally confectionery um, to include flowers to maybe include lingerie uh, not necessarily with everything being white. Um, there's also jewellery quite often that's included. But a recent trend has also been to broaden that out to include experiences. So maybe taking somebody out for dinner, taking them to um, uh, you know, the theatre, taking them to an interesting event somewhere. Um, so there's been a, a thought of making it maybe something kind of less tangible than an actual gift as well. 
Um, and the second thing that retailers have done is they've really thought about the cost for white day. So they've put a lot of price promotions in place. So quite often somebody will say, here's our white day gifts and they are you know, 30% or 50% um, less expensive. Um, I have seen some retailers go the other way and actually mark up the cost of things for white day where you're supposed, meant to be spending more money. But I would suggest that's not a good route to go. Very sneaky. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you think that um, that, that, that marketers who who are um, you know creating campaigns for White Day in particular, anything that they should bear in mind, whether it's um, you know a note on uh, cultural implications or, or anything that that you think is important? Um, I think if you're going to feature people in the gift giving, you need to think about the age of your audience, and I would suggest that even if the Japanese people themselves are pushing back against cultural norms. It's not always appreciated when Western businesses go in and try to do the same thing. So I would still suggest that if you were showing something for White Day, that you would maybe show a man gifting a gift, for example, or a group of men and a group of women. The other thing to remember is if you're going to extend your White Day promotions into other markets, that you should think about what the cultural custom in that market is. So, for example, in South Korea, Um, It's all about gifting hard candy. So you should be showing lollipops um, that are gifted rather Mm. than sweets to show that you're in the right place. Mm. There's kind of a a bit of a significance on the the date of the 14th, because obviously you've got the 14th of February being Valentine's Day. You've got the 14th of March being White Day. And then in South Korea, the 14th of April is Black Day. Can you tell us how that kind of relates? I think it's quite a fun, quite a fun holiday, or probably not fun if you're celebrating it, um, but fun to, look, <laughs> to, to talk about. <laughs> so um, Black Day was created in South Korea by a group of people who decided that the single people needed to fight back. So if you've not had any Valentine's Day gifts and you've not had to turn anyone down or accept anybody on White Day, Um, they decided it would be fun to create a Black Day. And what happens is on Black Day is you invite a group of single friends around, you dress in black, um, you usually think of something to eat, quite typically noodles, black noodles in black sauce, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, comfort each other, a bit of solace in the fact that um, you didn't get any Valentine's or White Day gifts and and poke a bit of fun at those kind of marketing traditions. I think that's my favourite day of the year so far apart from my birthday (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us for episode two sarah it's been very interesting talking about white day and i hope that you've uh, i hope you've enjoyed your time as well thank you and now i'm joined by one of our limes or local in-market experts i'm joined by show from japan hello show thank you for joining us on the podcast yeah, thank you very much. I'm so excited. Fantastic. So how do you celebrate White Day show and, and what does it mean to you? Uh, what we do is like White Day is more like about uh, giving back always. So you have the Valentine's Day, which is also special in Japan. I mean, different way we do. So the, on the Valentine's Day, the females, they give a present to the one they like or, well, okay, that was the original purpose. And then the boy, if they like back the girl, they give back the by 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 uh, some gift. It used to be like chocolate, marshmallows, and etc. So it's basically just uh, showing that the I like you too. So I've heard I might be wrong, but I've mm-hmm. read that um, one reason why White Day is important is because in Japanese culture, 
um, when you receive a gift, you it's very polite to then return, you know, give something in return, almost to say thank you for your gift. Here's here's my gift. So the thing, the white way is a marketing, just a marketing. So it's nothing to do with culture and tradition. Interesting. Yeah. So, but the thing is that makes the white day harder, the cultural part, because the thing here is that's the I told you the original reason why we do that, like because I like you back. But the thing is here is that's the it become more habit. So mm-hmm. people, females, they give small, small, tiny chocolate, tend to be to all your all the colleagues, male colleagues, and the male colleagues they are supposed to give back with more pricey gift. So the thing is that it's been kind of quite obligatory, let's say. So we're kind of losing its original point because you just give to everybody. In terms of not just giving little chocolates or, or marshmallows mm-hmm. or gifts, but mm-hmm. when when it is celebrated, is it ever something that you do say, oh, I'll take you to dinner or let's go for a, a small weekend holiday or or is it always just a kind of small gift, a physical gift that you give? Uh, I don't know why it started. It, 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 it's getting the transition, but nowadays, like we don't, I mean, chocolate is still one of the easy things to choose because, you know, you don't have to think much. You can just buy Godiva something and then give it. But it's getting more popular here. Those, those like, taking for nice dinner, gifting uh, accessories, uh, taking the loved one to some, like, day trip, like, uh, with a two days, three days trip, you know, to the uh, out of the city, something like that. Some more, like, ex- experience-based gift. Mm. And I heard that this year, especially, uh, it's quite popular to do this like uh, private uh, helicopter tour thing, especially in Tokyo. Helicopter tour. Oh, yeah. Wow. So you get like ten minutes, twenty minutes uh, helicopter tour with like private. So you know, there's no uh, fear of uh, being somebody strangers next to you know, like the COVID and everything. So I heard that it's it's quite popular this year. So that sounds like quite a jump between giving someone a bag of marshmallows and going on a, a private helicopter tour with them. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a bit too expensive to give away to everybody. <laughs> Everyone in the office, let's go on a helicopter tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything else that you think our listeners might find interesting or um, quirky, perhaps, about White Day that that people uh, might not know um, just by reading about it uh, i have to say white day is getting uh, less and less popular and the same for valentine's day and especially this year you know the COVID. but i guess uh, i like white day these days more than before because well it's getting less marketing it's and it's becoming more appreciating the you know somebody you care so mm. i think it just the tradition with uh, you know era uh, generation everything but I think it's better now I mean in my opinion that see people you know like try to express more that actually they care the person because it tend to be not like that in Japan it, it's as more like you know it's 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 like because we don't have the culture to express the feelings much I, I think I think most of people agree especially if you're from Europe or, you know, the US. 
so at that point, I think it's very good that the people started to actually show their the appreciation to the one you cares. That's really interesting. Yeah, amazing. We definitely have a similar thing in England. Maybe not the same, but just the way that we we're very um, private and and even if we kind of on the outside we may be you know like to if we're walking to walking past someone on the street or in a shop we say oh hello but it's always very there's always a kind of wall if that makes sense and so oh, I think we it's have nice both, when, uh, people from Ireland you know very closed off yeah so it's nice when every now and then I think COVID has has actually changed it a bit in a in a if there's one positive of of covid people have become a bit more um just a bit more open i think to to people that they don't know so mm-hmm. yeah and if white day has done the same thing then that's that's a good thing for white day <laughs> right i agree with you <laughs> well thank you so much joe i really appreciate your time and i hope that our listeners have learned something about white day and hopefully um next year's white day uh, will we'll come across as less of a marketing event and more of a, a day to appreciate the ones that you care about and, t- and to show your appreciation for them. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. And now to round off the episode, I'm joined by fellow Oban member Az Ahmed for our Lost in Localization segment. Hello, Az. Welcome back. Welcome to episode two. Hi, Aviel. Great to be here again. So our Lost in Localization segment is where you bring an untranslatable word or phrase in a foreign language to discuss what it really means and how it's used. So what have you got for us today? So today's word is koi no yokan. So it's an untranslatable Japanese phrase, which basically means the premonition of love. So basically, koi no yokan is the feeling of knowing that you will fall in love with someone who you've just met. Um, it could be like a spark or with someone or instant chemistry. Like, you know, you see, mm. you see somebody across the room or something and it's just that instant feeling of love. Sparks flying in the air. Yeah. What, what would that look like in, in real life? Like if I was witnessing it or if I was experiencing it for myself, fingers crossed, what would that look like, <laughs> um, you know, in action, so to speak? Yeah. So basically this, this phrase is particularly popular in shoju manga they're comics about love and they're usually aimed at teenagers um Mm -hmm. and you you know you see this so often in films and books someone sees someone else and they remark to their friends oh that's the person i'm gonna marry um it's it's the basis of so many films and like you Mm -hmm. know romance novels and things um but i'm not too sure it happens in real life but it's a nice thing to think about (laughs) so it's that moment where you're in the corner of a party or, yeah. or wherever you're at and you're chatting with your friends and you look across and you think, oh, dun, 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 that's koi no yokan <laughs> when you, th- <laughs> you think you've seen the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, That's exactly. lovely. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, harps playing in the background and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so have you ever had a koi no yokan experience in your life or you still do not believe it's a, a real um, thing? It may work for some people, but I've never experienced it. You know, I've had to work at love. It's just, you know, you see you see somebody and you're like, oh, that's the person I'm going to marry. And they're like, no, so, but you have to work on it. They're like, no, you're completely mistaken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who is it used by in Japan? Is it is it used by a specific generation or um, 
kind of across ages and genders and groups? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's uh, increasingly used by young people today, uh, particularly those brought, uh, brought up on those those manga comics. But it also has particular meaning for the older generation. You know, for older people, relationships were pretty serious. They meant marriage. So mm-hmm. you know, and you weren't really allowed to decide who you wanted to be with forever. So you know, that little feeling of just knowing that you're going to be with this person forever was really important when you actually met the person you were going to spend your life with. Mm. I've definitely seen that in a lot of Korean dramas where they have that moment where the the girl is, you know, doing whatever she's doing and she looks up across the, the street. I'm thinking, you know, ancient, <laughs> ancient Korean drama, like, you know, set in the 18th century or something. And she looks across the field and there, there he is. And then it's like, da, 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 da. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's the same in Bollywood films. It's like, you know, you see somebody across the room and then music starts happening and people start dancing. It's great. <laughs> I'm waiting for that to happen in real life. I think yeah. I, I need to hire a harp player just to follow me around in case it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was very interesting. I like that word a lot, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in mind. And I'm sure that our listeners will be, um, will be loving that a lot. And very relevant for White Day. So thank you very much, Az. You're very welcome. Great to be here. Well, that's it for our episode on White Day. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to episode two. If you'd like to learn more about other important holidays from around the world, or if you're interested in finding out how Oban can help you drive international growth, then get in touch by visiting obaninternational.com. Bye for now.